Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. Today we are going to study the Prophet Zechariah, the Navi Zechariah, chapter 10, Perak Yud. The Prophet started in chapter 9 to describe the significance and of the days of the Messiah, the days of the Mashiach, which, as he speaks to the people as they build the Second Temple, he is still in the hope that this day, this glorious day, this glorious time will be brought about by the people here, by the people now, by the people in the Second Temple. But he also recognizes that if this doesn't happen now, if it doesn't happen in this time period because the people don't achieve that level of redemption, it will happen someday in the future. So he does speak about Bayomahu that day when this does occur, when this wondrous world this wondrous uh, almost utopian world will occur will happen so Zechariah continues to teach us important lessons that we need to know for this redemption to the hap to happen and one of them we mentioned this briefly earlier before is the um is the folly is the uselessness of of avodazara of of idol worship and paganism so in this chapter, he starts off with an appeal to monotheism, an appeal to belief in God and turning only to God and not towards idols. As we know, idol worship was not one of the key problems of the Second Temple period. <coughs> it kind of faded into the past. The problems that, that occurred during the Second Temple period and eventually resulted in its destruction several hundred years later were interpersonal in nature. Uh, people not getting along, people fighting with each other, <coughs> taking advantage of one another, and so on. However, um, and, and, and as we know, Zechariah very rarely discusses um, idol worship because this was not one of the issues that the people were dealing with, but he does discuss it to some extent here, partly in a way of contrast saying that we now believe and look towards God and not towards these... Um, uh, silly places, the 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 silly is not really the right word, but not towards these superstitious, idol worshiping uh, ideas and uh, ways about life. So let's see, chapter ten, verse one: Sha'alu me Adunai matar Ask of God for rain in the time and the season of rain. This is very. It's fascinating here that that Zechariah tells us to pray to God for rain. Obviously, rain is something that we need. It's very important. But um, that goes without saying. But he says, Be'it malkosh. In other words, don't ask for things that are beyond nature from God. Don't ask for things, don't ask for rain when it's not the rain season, but ask for rain in its appropriate season. Adonai oseh chazizim. It is God who makes these storms. Chazizim is usually translated here as as um, strong rains or, or rainstorms. It is a guy who creates <coughs> these, or it could also refer to, as Rashi says, the clouds, storm clouds. It is God that places the rain in the clouds. So that the um, for every man there should be grass growing in the fields. This grass is, of course, really important to raise livestock, and of course the green uh, uh, crops that people grow, we need this rain. 
So turn to God, look to God, ask to God, and and do it according to the rhythms of nature. Um, you, what we pray to God for is not for miracles, but what we pray to God for is that the world should run. It's the way it's supposed to run, to rain in the rainy season, to have sun in the sunny season, and so on. Ki hatrafim dibru oven, because the tirafim, tirafim, we have this term many times, refers to the implements, the small idols, the implements used in pagan worship, the, the implements of superstition, the items that are given uh, uh, supposedly spiritual powers, uh, um, that these, you know, the talismans, the, these items, those are terafim. They speak falsely. They're useless. They're nothing. In other words, you can't say, oh, well, I wear this thing around my neck. I'm going to get some sort of a, a benefit from it. It's going to be a good luck charm. All these things, they're false. We have Kosmim and those people that, that, that the sorcerers that speak sorcery, that, that say magical incantations, and then and they look into the future and they tell you all kinds of things about the future. Chazu Sheker, what they see is false. Bachalamos and the dreamers, those that come and tell you, I saw in a dream that this and this is going to happen. Don't they speak falsehood? They, everything they say is nothing. This is, this is not, that's not how I want you to live, God says. The comfort that they give you when they tell you information about the future and you feel comforted and you feel like, oh, now I know tomorrow I'm going to get rich. Tomorrow I'm going to meet uh, a special person. Tomorrow I'm going to have something great happen. It's, 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 a, it's a false comfort. It's a comfort of, of, of hevel, of, of nothingness, because it means nothing. It's nothing that's going to happen. That kind of comfort that a person gets from... People turn towards sorcery, turn towards magic, turn towards um, these kinds of practices because it gives them some sort of a level of comfort thinking that they now know the future, they now have some sort of vision about the future. But it's hevel, yinachemon. This comfort is nothing because tomorrow, whatever it was that predicted, whatever it was that they had comfort in, will, will not occur, will not necessarily occur. Al-Kain, therefore, nasu kimotzon. This is why it is because of these things that in the previous times, in the first temple period, my people, they just strayed away like sheep. Sheep are just wandering, looking for more grass and not paying attention to where the shepherd is and where safety is. And they just wander, wander away. My people just wandered away looking after these types of comforts that were hevel, that were nothing. Ya'anu ki ein they, they ended up suffering. They ended up having inoi. Ya'anu, for the language of Inui, from suffering, for there was no shepherd. No one was leading them, keeping them in the right direction. Was keep, no one was keeping all those sheep together. If you remember, we had this term in Ezekiel referring to the people as the, ro, to the leaders of the people, those that are supposed to show them the right way, supposed to keep them on the right path, as the ro'im, as the leaders of the people. And therefore, in verse 3, Zechariah echoing the <coughs> criticisms of all of the earlier prophets against the leadership, the people that were supposed to be the leadership, that instead of being leaders, they, if anything, led the people astray um, and, 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 and did not show the courage that leaders are supposed to uh, show. Al-Haroim Chara Api, verse 3, it is against these leaders that I, God, am, am intensely angry. The Al-Ha'atudim Efkod, and I am going to take revenge against the atudim. The atudim refers to the, um, 
in, in a, a, a natural clan of goats, the, the large, strong male goat is the leader of his group, of his group of uh, females and some subservient males and, the, and baby goats. So the atudim is the lead goat. So it's just another term for the leader that's supposed to be the one that protects the people. But it is against them that I have the most anger, God says. Ki Because God now is remembering, he is paying attention to his flock at Beis Yehuda, the house of Judah. And he is going to make the people of Yehuda like his great, powerful, majestic horse in war. Now this image of the majestic horse in war, I, I want to make it clear, and we study this in chapter, the last chapter, chapter 9. God is con- references over and over and over again through his prophet Zechariah the idea that it is no longer the powerful horse or, or the powerful weapons that God is using to rule over the world in this messianic time, but rather it is the people of Yehuda, the people that believe in God, the people that have faith, the people that speak shalom, as we learned in chapter 9, that has replaced the sus, the, the great horse of power, of might, the one that represents uh, war-like <coughs> characteristics. Um, there were repeated verses in chapter 9 that said this, and this is the idea he's saying now. He's not saying that in the future, the Beit Yehuda, the house of Yehuda, will be God's horse, but rather, with some osam, he's going to place them so that they replace the susodo, the majestic horse, in war. Instead, they, <coughs> they will be his flock. His people of Yehuda will be his flock of sheep. God will take care of them. And God will make sure that they now can rule over the world with MS, with truth and mishpat and proper justice like we studied before. Mimenu pina mimenu yaseid. From them, from his flock, from Judah, this is verse 4, will come the cornerstones, the building blocks, the yasaid, the pegs, the, <coughs> the um, stakes, which support and build the new world. Mimenu keshet milchama. From him, from Yehuda, will come the, the, um, the bows, the weapons of war. Mimenu yetzei kol yachtav. From him, will be all of the nogais, it usually means an oppressive leader or, uh, or an oppressive group that comes to lead over, rule over another one. But this one will be um, the leaders, the new leaders are going to come from Yehuda, from the people of Judah, from the people of God. And they will be like powerful men, like powerful warriors. Bosim who um, who uh, who trample and in the in the uh, dirt of the of the uh, of the streets and, and the dirt of the uh, squares and t- of towns in war and they will wage war because God will be with them. Now, again, it sounds a little warlike, but listen to the last three words of the verse, which brings us back to the point that I was making. They will embarrass and ashamed those who ride horses. In other words, the people of Judah will now lead like warriors, but not through war, but they will lead through, through peaceful means. And they will embarrass those that come and ride horses, those people who are still 
taking the old ways, the old ways of fighting, the old ways of weaponry, the old ways of power and might, will be embarrassed and ashamed by the people of Yehuda from whom now this new world is going to be built. Now they are going to be the cornerstone upon which, the pina upon which this new world is going to be built. The Gibarti and I will make strong and I will bring strength at Beit Yehuda to the house of Judah. The at Beit Yosef Oshia, we pointed out in chapter 9 <coughs> that Zechariah is bringing back the people of the northern kingdom, the people of the ten lost tribes, the house of Joseph. <coughs> God is saying, I will save them as well as the people of Judah. This is a point, again, that the prophets had made several times that in the future times, the people that seem to have uh, have assimilated out of history will be brought back and will be part of the new the new kingdom of Israel and I will settle them on the land I will restore them into the land because I shall have mercy on them and it will then they will be they will live in such a manner together with me as if i have never abandoned them as if there was never an exile ki ani adonai elohim because i am the lord god <coughs> the lord their god the name and i will answer them <coughs> when they pray to me <coughs> zechariah says started this chapter by telling us we should pray to god and zechariah god is now telling the people through his prophet Zechariah, that when you do pray to me a, a name, I will answer those prayers. And Ephraim will also be like a, a, a powerful warrior. We said before, it was talking about the Edro et Beiti Hudav, some Osam Kesusodoba Milchama. That was verse 3. It was, so before the Gibor was referring to Beiti Hudav. <coughs> now, in this verse, verse 7, it's saying, and also Ephraim, the, the newcomer, the people coming back from the northern kingdom from Ephraim, they will also be like a gibor, like a powerful man, and their hearts will be happy, as though they were drinking wine at, at, at a festive occasion. And their children will see this wonderful um, new... Uh, strength and, and might and they will be happy they will rejoice their hearts will rejoice in God so this is important is again referring us back to what we said in the last chapter we said that the Avni Kela this is verse 15 chapter 9 the, the, the weapons that are sent against the Jews the, the, the stones used in the catapults as weapons and people instead of they will they will just gather those rocks and stones and they will drink as if they were drinking wine this image of instead of war instead of war the festiveness that comes when people get together and drink wine together uh, and again the reference towards the children is similar to the reference we had again at at the end of chapter 9 what is it that is good before God what is it that is beautiful to God <coughs> It is dagon bachurim v'tiroshi noveiv besulos. It is bringing about young men and young women like grain, like wine, like grapes, growing and prospering in the land and being happy and living life. Eshrekalohem, God says, I will. Eshrekal means I will whistle because whistling is a way that um, 
shepherds and people in the fields communicate one with the other because the sound carries very far. So God is saying, I will whistle to all of the people, all of the people of Judah that are scattered around the world, and then I will gather them from everywhere, for I shall redeem them. I shall um, uh, redeem them from bondage, and they will increase, and they will continue to increase. There will be many, many, many of them growing upon this land, raising families, building families, building a wonderful, wonderful nation of peace. It's, yes, I did plant them among all of the nations. I spread them out through all the nations. I set them into exile and planted them. And in those faraway places, they will still remember me. They will remember me. They will not forget me. And they will um, give life, and they will give life to their children. They will raise their families, even in my name, even out there among those nations of Shavu, and eventually they will come back to me. They will return to me because they raised their families in exile, and they're going to bring them back to me, to the land of Israel together. I'll bring them back from the land of Egypt. I'll bring them back from the land of Ashur. If we recall the um, <coughs> the the special bridge that I, the prophet Isaiah mentioned between Mitzrayim, between Egypt and Ashur and Assyria, that will happen in the days to come, that people will connect between those countries and come together back to Jerusalem, back to Israel. And I will bring them to the lands of Israel, to the lands of Gilad, the lands of Lebanon, and they will there'll be so many people they will be they won't have room. They're gonna be looking for more place because people will fill the land. The Ovar Bayom this is verse eleven. And a um a a um they will pass in the sea. A tsara. Itzara would mean a suffering. The sea here is representing, if we recall back in Zechariah 9, in the beginning, Zechariah is, uh, is kind of reiterating a lot of the points he made in the last chapter, chapter 9. And one of those was that the Tzor, that the land of Tyre, and I'm following Rashi's lead here, the land of Tzor was, was a powerful land which represented the human might, the the human wealth and power that was built up by the great nation of Tzor and their commercial relationships with other people like the Philistines and others, which was the source of their might and power, that is threatening to those that are now coming to the land of Israel and building up power and might that is based on their relationship, a special relationship with God. So God is saying that within the sea will pass a tsara, a suffering, presumably some sort of a storm, yom galim, and this storm will whip up tremendous waves throughout the sea. Vishu So galim. So that's referring to the um, the striking down of the power of tsur, which represents the might accumulated by great wealth and great wisdom. But then there's another great nation that also, uh, the nation of Egypt, whose might and power <coughs> comes from the bounty and wealth brought to Egypt by the Nile, which fertilizes 
all of its fields and allows Egypt to be a wealthy, mighty nation. And all of the, the depths of the river, of the Nile River, will be dried up. In other words, so the, the, the source of the power of Tzor will, will be gone. The source of the power of Egypt will be gone. And also the pride, the Hurad Gaon Ashur, the pride, which, which is the might of Assyria. Assyria built up military might. Assyria was known for its horses and chariots and its military might. And their pride and arrogance, because they had such powerful armies with which they uh, ruled over the, the other, so, so many other parts of the world, that Gaon, that pride will be removed. So this verse is saying that all the other sources of human power, all the other things that made these other nations so strong and powerful will be dried up, will be destroyed. V'shevet Mitzrayim Yasur and the shevet, the scepter with which Egypt ruled over so many kingdoms, will be removed because only God will matter in this future world. I will make them strong through God. Now this is crucial because Zechariah is saying here, even those nations of Syria, Zechariah made this point also in the last chapter, that even from those nations they will not be completely destroyed. The nations will be destroyed as independent entities that had power because of their human might, but they will also join this new world of, of allegiance to God, and they will have new might because they will be also part of God's new world. Vigibartim, I will make them, Egypt, Assyria, Tyre, those nations will also be in this new redemption, but their strength will come from God, not from their 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 wealth not from their um physical uh, power but rather because of their power and association with god and they will all walk together in god's name so says god this is the world that zechariah is telling us about <coughs> in the future times thank you so much for studying chapter 10 looking forward to studying chapter 11 and the rest of this beautiful book zechariah together